<coughs> who knows what chatur means? Hotram, <coughs> karma, karma, sudham, prajanam, viksha, vaidikam, yadadhat, jagya, santatyai, vedam, ekam, chatur, vidham, Chaturhatram karma sudham Prajanam diksha vairikam Vidyadha yagya santhadyai Vedamekam chaturvidham Chaturhatram karma sudham Prajanam diksha vairikam Yadadhat yagya santhatyai Vedamekam chaturvidham Chatur hotram karma sudham Prajanam diksha vairikam Yadadhat yagya santhatyai Vedamekam chaturvidham Chatur four Hotram Sacrificial fires Karma Sudham Purification of work Prajanam of the people in general Viksha after seeing Vaidikam according to Vedic rites Vidadhat made into Jagya sacrifice Santatyai to expand Vedamekam only one Veda Chaturvidham in four divisions Translation. <coughs> this is Vyas, Sri Vyasadeva. He saw in the sacrifices, well, he saw that the sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas were means by which the people's occupations could be purified. And to simplify the process, he divided the one Veda into four in order to expand them among men. So I say, and you can repeat. He saw that the sacrifices, 
He saw that the sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas were means by which people's occupations could be purified. And to simplify the process, he divided the one Veda into four in order to expand them for all men. Oh, that's actually uh, among men. Similar, but... Purport. <clears throat> Formerly, there was the one Veda of the name Jajur, and the four divisions of sacrifices were specifically mentioned. But to make them more easily performable, the Veda was divided into four divisions of sacrifice, just to purify the occupational service of the four orders. Above the four Vedas, namely Rig, Yajur, Sharma, and Atarva, there are the Puranas, Mahabharata, Samhitas, etc., <coughs> which are known as the fifth Veda. Sri Vyasadeva and his many disciples were all historical personalities, and they were very kind and sympathetic toward the fallen souls of this age of Kali. As such, the Puranas and the Mahabharata were made from the related historical facts which were explained, uh, excuse me, which explained the teachings of the four Vedas. There is no point in doubting the authority of the Puranas and Mahabharata as parts and parcel of the Vedas. In the Chaturgyoga Upanishad uh, 714, the Puranas and the Mahabharata, generally known as histories, are mentioned in the fifth Veda. According to Srila Jiva Goswami, that is the way of ascertaining the respective values of the revealed scriptures. Om Agante Marindasya Gananjanam Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Vishnam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Gadamaya Tadanti Swapadanti Kam Banchakopa to Rubias Chakra Pesinu Devacha Patitanam Pavanavya Vaishnavya Namo Namaha So once again the verse one four nineteen is he saw that the sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas were means by which the people's occupations could be purified and to simplify the process he divided the one Veda into four in order to expand them among men so uh, again and again as we study the Vedas as we see the personality of Krishna and Krishna's associates and the followers of those associates. Uh, there's one thing that seems to appear again and again. We can see, as we were speaking the other day, uh, we can see the mood of Krishna and uh, Krishna's followers. What is that mood, basically? He's always bending over backwards to help us, you see. He just won't go away. We want to come here and go into Maya, you know, and, and, and do without him. But like a father, you know, like a, a father may let a child play and uh, say like if you're out at the park and let the child play and the child goes walking, little toddler, 
And if the child heads towards the street, the father will come and move him back towards the grass of the park. And so the father is always looking out for the child. The child's thinking, oh, I'm independent. I can go play over there and I can do this. But he really can't. He can't take care of himself. So the father, even though the child may not realize it, sometimes he thinks he's completely independent. Yeah, but the father is looking out for the child. So it's like that with Krishna. Krishna is always looking out for us, even though we're really trying as hard as we can to forget it. You know, it's not an accidental thing that we forget Krishna. We try. We really try. Now, it, it, how do we do that? Well, we focus on the material nature. We get so focused on the material nature that we just, you know, he slips our mind. You see, uh, we're surrounded by that. People who are focused on the material nature. And they actually think that it's the all in all. What's going on in the world. And, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes people want to know why I'm not more excited about uh, politics or genetically modified organisms and all this stuff. You know. Well, I mean, I care about it. I, I care about it. I really, I really feel that we need to spend our time, our valuable time, trying to get people who are interested in other things like that to be interested in Krishna. You see, They're trying so hard to experience the material uh, creation. And they're doing a very good job of it. They're actually... Uh, they're actually able to meditate on it 24 hours a day. You know, sometimes even the devotees get distracted, you know, for this cause or that cause. It's like we were talking uh, was it Sunday morning at Bookman's, we talked about that. People get into all of these causes, you see. But if you become a devotee of Krishna, then you're, you, all these causes, all, any good cause, any worthwhile, well, worthwhile cause, is represented by you and your teaching, your preaching. Because the devotee uh, in the mood of Krishna is looking out for everybody. We're looking out for everybody. We care for everybody's well-being. Not just one segment. Not just those who come to our temple. You see. We have some special love and affection for those that we know and that we dance with and sing with daily. You know, that we worship with. But we have the same love for anyone who would come here or anyone we would see no matter where we go. We have to develop that, you see. We can't get to the position where we think, and, and it's common for people to do this. Devotees sometimes go through a, a period to where they start <coughs> thinking of uh, an us and them mentality, you know. It's just like I stopped using the word carny years ago. You know, because it was used by devotees in a derogatory fashion. All the word karma means is a fruited worker. I go to work, put in my time, and I get paid. That's what it means. But we used to, we started using it, you know, we would snarl. Yeah, he's not about karma. You know. So, because we've got to make them bad for us to be good. And that's upside down from our real uh, mode of thinking, you see. Well, we love everybody. We want them to go back to Godhead. This is our duty. We care. Why should we care so much? Because all these 
great personalities before us were caring about us. You see? We can see this demonstration here. Why did he do this? And Prabhupada explains he did this for the benefit of, of the fallen conditioned souls. Let's make it easier. Okay, one beta? What if I divide it into four? How about if I do that? You see? How about if how about if I come and, and we'll have a war and we'll get Maharaj Yudhisthira on the throne to initiate Kali Yuga? How about if I come myself as my devotee and distribute the holy name and all you have to do is chant that and you can go back to Godhead? How about if I send my pure devotee to spread this movement all over the world? How about if this, how about, you see, you can see Krishna is really reaching out. He is reaching out to us. Not just us, but all the fallen conditioned souls. You see, so we need to adopt that mood. We need to see uh, as much as we can on an equal basis. Everyone. Now, of course, as I said, we're going to feel some special affection for those that we sing, dance with, and kirtan every morning. You know, when we see the the devotees serving Krishna so nicely, we're going to develop a great appreciation for them. But our love shouldn't stop just at, at, at these four walls or just in this campus. We've got to have that compassion for all living entities and we need to help them. We need to adopt that mood of the, of the previous acharyas and of Krishna himself. You see, we need to think like that. So I always tell people, you know, uh, and wherever I go, I run into people who, uh, many people, it's very common in this age. Uh, didn't used to be so so much, but now I find a lot of people who have like a shotgun approach to spiritual life. It's like uh, we were talking about, uh, who was that? Oh, Krishna Das last night. You know, this famous Krishna Das, he goes around and makes a lot of money chanting and you know, his quasi-kirtans. So, but he says he he calls himself a spiritual slut because he just delves in everything. You know, he's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and uh, he says that he has a guru, but I wouldn't wish that on anyone. That's a quote. You see, so he's not. Uh, now here's a guy. Why is his consciousness so low? People have asked me if Krishna Das spends all of his time chanting. <laughs> Why is his consciousness so, so low? Because he's not sold out to anything. He's tasting a little bit of this. He's tasting a little bit of that. A little bit of that. And, you know, what if what if you were uh, uh, accused of some crime and you needed an attorney? And it's very serious. You need an attorney, and if you don't get a good attorney, you're you're going to go to the pokey for. 50 years or something like that, you know. You're going to go to the big house. And this is really serious. So you go visit an attorney and you find out that he's a, he, he's an attorney. He's also a doctor. He works at Home Depot. He lays carpets. He's got a... He cuts, cuts lawns as well. You know. Does all this stuff at the same time. So it's like, what do you need? You need your, your lawn cut and you know, you need a kitchen put in, or plumbing. I'm also a plumber. You know, I'm gonna. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna turn and walk away. I'm gonna go find somebody who's expert. 
perhaps somebody expert in criminal law, you see. It's just like you go to a doctor, you go to a general practitioner, he knows a lot about a lot of things or a little bit about a lot of things, and he says, you know, I think you've got a heart problem. And he's honest, he said, I can't really treat you. I need to refer you to a what? Specialist. This is serious. You need a specialist. What is more serious than spiritual life? You need to specialize. I mean, this isn't like your bodily health. This is your, your spiritual health. This is our next life. Our, what, what are we going to do after death? This is the after-death experience that we're working on. You see? We need to be focused. We can't dabble a little here and a little there. You know, it's like I tell people sometimes, this is not rehearsal. This is live. We're live here, you know. Camera is rolling. This is really going down, you see. This is a practice. This is the real dude. So uh, we need to be very focused on what we're doing. And we need to teach people that we meet to become focused in their spiritual life. You see. I mean, people need to be focused in their material life. We see people that are, you know, they're so they're spread so thin in so many different areas that they're not effective anywhere. You see, in the material life. So, uh, same thing is true in your spiritual life. You spread yourself so thin that you're not really effective. You see, so specialize. You know, uh, instead of being the jack of all religions and master of none, master something. You see, do something. Do something expert. We can all become expert. We can do that. We have the potency and we have the help. You see, Krishna is helping us so many ways. He wants us all to become pure devotees. You know, one Veda is not enough? Well, divide it into four. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. He's always bending over backwards to help us. You see? So we wonder... If, if, if we start to analyze Krishna's mood and the mood of, of uh, uh, the great Acharyas, how can we not become Krishna conscious? We've got to be fighting it. There's so much help offered to us. It's just like, it's in our face all the time. They're trying and trying and trying. We've actually got to try hard to explore the material energy and to explore... You know, it's just like Krishna saying, uh, uh, here, take my hand. And you see this beautiful hand, and you think, well, uh, hey, can you come back tomorrow? Because I really, there's a couple other things I want to explore. Keep the hand there, though, because when I want it, I want to come and grab it. But, you know, I want to, I want to do some. I thought I'd go downtown and protest against the, I don't know, you fill in. What is it? The, the, I thought I'd go march on Wall Street. You know, I don't want to become an expert devotee today because if I if I do the march on Wall Street, I'll be I'll become very popular. You know, there's other people down there. It's not that I'll go down there and, and, and get them to chant Hare Krishna and bring them to the temple. We saw some devotees do that. See, sometimes the devotee he's so sly for Krishna that he'll go and associate with people that are protesting. You know. 
Uh, I went to Chayapuru in, in San Antonio. There was this big protest about when the, there was the March on Wall Street. They're not still doing that, are they? That's all gone now. So uh, anyway, he knew there were going to be a bunch of young folks down there, and they're all going to be the vote of passion. You know? So they, uh, he went down there with the devotees and took some prasadam and had kirtan and got everybody to chant Hare Krishna. And then uh, at the end of the day, he said, hey, you guys want to go to our temple? You know, we'll have some nice, cool, uh, he had made some watermelon nectar or something like that. We'll have some nice, cool fruit drink and cook you something to eat. We'll chant some more Hare Krishna. So these people were, that's a transcendental trick. Yeah, we're mad about the Wall Street people too. Yeah, yeah. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> yeah. And out of that, some people became devotees. So the devotee seizes an opportunity. You know, sometimes we'll play on the passion of somebody. Say, oh, yeah, you're all passionate. Yeah, let's chant. Let's dance. You know. Let's see. So oh, the devotee stays focused. I'm focused. Uh, I may be with you and you want to talk about the GMOs or the meta. I hate the GMO idea. I, I, you know, I hate it. But whatever they're doing to the food, I think it's terrible. You know. So let's chant Hare Krishna. Let's go back to God. Let's make sure that if, we, if whatever they poison the food and water, uh, when it kills us, that we don't have to come back to this material world. You see? Now, if along the way uh, we can stop them from poisoning the food and doing whatever they're going to do, that's okay too. But first, let's make sure that we and all the other living entities go back to Godhead. That's the important thing. That's the real important thing. You see, I mean, that's more important than what if we uh, what if we take another birth and it's in a on a different planet and the water's not contaminated and they don't have GMOs, and so there I am, and now I'm in Maya with clean water and clean air. So I'm healthier, but I'm an illusion. I didn't make it. I, I didn't go back to Godhead. I'm still in this patrol world. I still have to get old. There's still going to be some disease. I'm going to ultimately die. I still have to deal with death again. You see? We don't spend enough time talking about that. I think, uh, uh, I remember my days of going to Christian churches. They, they talk more about death. Of course they kind of, they kind of get your face with it, you know, you're gonna die and go to hell. You know, but they do remind you, you, you are going to die. So we like to sometimes forget that we're about to die. Death can come at any time. Um, but sometimes we, we forget about it. We, we kind of get distracted in other things. Sure, I'm going to die. I should be concerned about my, my position at death. But let's go campaign for animals' rights. You see, a devotee stands for everybody's rights. We don't, uh, we don't pick out anyone. You know. With us, everybody's rights. We, we stand for everybody's rights. Animal, women, uh, you name it. Children, we stand for everybody's rights. You see, the biggest, the, the quickest way, the biggest solution to the problems of the world 
is to get more and more people chanting Hare Krishna. Now, some people say, well, that just sounds like a fanatic statement. But if we can get more and more people, if the people who are doing the genetically modified food, if they become uh, devotees, they'll stop. They'll become real people. You see, the people who are uh, polluting the air and water for profit, they'll stop. As a matter of fact, if we get real, there's no other way to get them to stop. What are we going to do? March together and protest? Do we think that we have the government we can go to to help us with this? The government's not going to help us because these guys pay lots of money. Monsanto pays. They've got expensive lobbyists. And these lobbyists are spending a lot of money around Washington. We don't have that kind of money. Just because we march with signs, we don't have kind of the kind of money to affect the lawmakers. We can't play that game. We'll get smashed. We, can't. we can march all we want. It'll be fun. You know, maybe get a sun tan. <clears throat> the way to do it, if we want to fix the world, is to make the world Krishna conscious. Then it all goes away. And we don't have any problems. <clears throat> so that's the mood of Shubhadra uh, and the Pujasacharyas. We want to make it easy for people. Hey, Chanari Krishna with us. Take Prasadam with us. Uh, any questions or comments? What's a Veda? Huh? What's a Veda? Veda, uh, Veda basically is a Sanskrit word that means knowledge. So it's uh, recorded in, in books. The Veda at one time, the Vedic knowledge, which is the knowledge of uh, the, the Vedic knowledge includes knowledge on uh, how to navigate through the material world, uh, how to take care of your health, uh, so many things, uh, and also how to how to become a a realized soul, uh, how to uh, learn the science of God and go back to Godhead. So the Vedas is just a vast storehouse of knowledge. So there was one, and then he made four. Divided into four divisions, oh. so that so that to make it easier for us, rather than one big one, put it into four. Let's see. Yes, mom. Um, I don't know what you said previously, but when I came in, um, you were saying how we naturally have so much affection for all the devotees that we see every day, um, but sometimes we see. Like just the opposite. That if we don't see them very often, then we're respectful. And you know, when we see someone, it's like, yeah, I don't like the way he takes around the geewick, or you know, miss, you know, misses me with the flower, or you know, doesn't dance, or holds up the wall, or you know, like we get, you know, when we see someone every day, then we tend to get critical. Yeah. So how can we keep that? fresh attitude like you said that we should have by being so affectionate there. That's a good, that's a really good. Uh, and I see that a little bit in this community uh, and other communities as I go around. Sometimes we start to, uh, that, that's a little bit of contamination. 
it's if I start comparing me to you, I'm really trying to find faults in you. I'm going to overlook your good points, but I need to find faults in you so that I can look better. You see, so once I've established that, well, I'm a better devotee because you know she does this or she does that, and I don't do those silly things. Of course, I'm not pointing out to myself that I do all this nonsense. I'm overlooking, I'm drawing a curtain around my nonsense and maybe finding some little flaws, you know. Uh, that way I'm now, now that I've convinced myself that I'm a better devotee, now I want to share it with her. Hey, did you know, did you ever notice how she does this weird thing, you see? And I'm not, what I'm not saying is, I don't do that. So now I'm, I'm, I'm just, Spending my time elevating myself, you know, it's like I want to show you how I'm better than this devotee. And not only that, but that devotee over there too. Aren't I great? Hey, have you got some time? Because I want to tell you about me. You know, I am, man, I am so interested. What do you hear about me? You haven't heard anything yet, you know? That, yeah, I'll get to you in just a second. That's a, that's a really good topic. We need to, it's like, uh, I remember uh, now that I'm an old age and my mother's passed on many years ago. I, I don't know if this happens, but I remember things my mother used to say, you know, like when the kids would be, when we would start messing with each other, she would say this thing, tend to your own knitting. You know, because if you, if you look at somebody else's knitting, you'll drop a stitch. So, tend to your own knitting. Tend to your own business. Mind your own business. Keep focused on yourself. You know, find your uh, shortcomings and admit them to yourself. Find, find your shortcomings, isolate them, identify them, and fix them. You know, devotees do like that. That's part of being humble. I have shortcomings. I can't see yours. You say, well, no, no, I don't, I don't really see. You may have. I don't know. I, I know I, I've got blinders on. Because I'm, I'm blinded by the, the dazzling effulgence of your qualities. You see, the things that you do well, you know, that just knocks me over. And someone may say, yeah, but he or she, they do this. So what? You know, look at what, look at the wonderful things. Yeah, my mother used to say also, um, show, me who, show me who you go with and I'll show you who you are. So, association. So, yeah. also you see generally someone that's a fault finder, they make friends with other fault finders and then they each compete with how many faults they can find. That they can yeah. But, you know, a devotee that wants to associate with a devotee that's hearing and chanting and reading, then, you know, they want, they want that. And sometimes, uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of times, newer devotees don't approach the devotees that are into hearing and chanting so much because uh, so, subconsciously they think, well, you know what, you're going to pull me out of my a little quicker than I want to go. I want to go there, but I don't know if I want to be like you. Uh, I mean, gosh, it's, I mean, not today. You know, I do. But not, I mean, I, I still have some... Stuff that I can enjoy in the material energy, but I mean, 
gosh, you know, if I, if I associate with you, you're going to pull me. I'm going to be like you without, I'm going to have a lot less Maya a lot quicker. And I want to put the brakes on, you know. I want to go there, but I don't want to go there light speed, you know. So I know you're a good devotee, and but uh, I'm not going to associate, but I want to associate with somebody that, you know, that's a little bit more Maya. Because I'm in Maya, I need somebody that I can that that's on my level, what my my neuroses match up with. You see, I'm I, I'm critical. That's that's true. You know, you see that the critical devotees. It's just like a magnet. They're attracted to each other. They're little groups. Because you know, it's no fun to be critical by yourself. You ever notice that? You need somebody. You know, it's like, hey, you got a minute? Can we talk? And I find out you're critical too. Oh, I I got a friend. You know, you know, so we can talk. Let's criticize. Let's get together. And some people, you know, no matter where they go, I see some of the movies, and they just they're just critical. No matter where they go, how big the festival, how great the prasadam, how wonderful the kirtan, they'll find something. To to criticize. Why? Because if I criticize, I'm showing you how uh, sophisticated I am. I'm above all this. Wasn't that a great kirtan? Yeah, but, you know, he did this. You know, so why? I didn't notice that. But it's just like uh, uh, when I first got into business, seems like it was 100 years ago, it's back in the 60s, uh, used to uh, was going to, um, the, the companies I worked for wanted to send us to on these sales conventions. And so the, the idea was we're going to bring you in from your home city into a big city and we're going to put you in a big five-star hotel. You know, we're going to impress you with how well the company's doing and we're going to tell you the, the company policies and the new products and so here people would come in and they're not, uh, these aren't rich people, these are just average American folks that have jobs for the company. And they come in, they're staying in this five-star resort hotel. Sometimes it would be in Hawaii or wherever, you know, some city, Florida, uh, some big nice resort. And so the people that would come in would immediately start to complain. Like, you know, what did you think of your room? Mine is just not acceptable. And you think, come on, you're just a, an average American like it. You don't live like this. You don't live in the Ritz-Carlton. Are you crazy? Do you want me to believe that this is beneath you? You know, the, the food was The steak was this. So, in order for me to look sophisticated, I want you... You may be impressed by something, but I want to show you that you may be impressed with it, but it's beneath me. It's beneath my standard, you see, because I want you to see me as a sophisticated individual. Where does this word sophisticated come from? Does anybody know? It comes from the Greek philosopher Sophocles. Now, do you know what Sophocles' philosophy was? He said that uh, amongst people, especially the well-to-do, they pretend to be something that they're not. They pretend to be more than they are. 
that and he can uh, he, uh, so they these these types of people who pretend to be more than they are uh, were called sophisticated it was not a compliment <laughs> nowadays it's been turned somebody will say yeah oh, he's very sophisticated you see that uh, means he wears fancy duds and you know this and that and latest fashion so in previous ages well the Somebody who did that, they're just pretenders. You know, they were recognized. So we see that uh, in this age, um, we applaud people who do that. You know, a lot of people do it. Anyway. We applaud people. They're they're all decked out and they're got the fanciest this and the fanciest that. And they're and we think, uh, wow, I want to be like them. You know, it's just like a movie star. You know, you see movie stars and rock and roll stars and whatever and you, you never know what they're going to be wearing or how their hair is going to be you know sticking out this way or that way some kind of crazy and people see them and they think well, you're pretending you're just another human being you're pretending to be some sophisticated creature and instead of saying you know you poor soul they say wow i want to be like him i want to get my i want to see if i can get my hair to stick up like that you know did you have a, a question, you know, or comment? Um, <coughs> it's a reflection on your beautiful deep uh, talks. Um, it seems to me that someone who's doing that uh, doesn't understand how much Krishna loves them and doesn't understand how to love themselves. Um, the other day you mentioned that, you know, someone always says in the talks, well, what we really need is to love ourselves more. Um, in a way, what a person like that does need is to know Krishna and through that knowledge love themselves more. Because it's like, you see it all the time. They're moving their mouth and they're, they're like the like Radhapad's kids. They're, they don't even know English yet, but they're moving their mouth because they want attention. They want to be appreciated. Right. They want to be acknowledged. And you do see it among the adults. You do see it among devotees. It, it, and it's a desire just to, to, to get, 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 get. And it's, it's, it's really, to me, it looks like a replacement of the mantra. It's, it's um, and we disguise it nicely because we don't say, look at me, look at this great new idea I have to serve Krishna. Look how creative I am to serve Krishna. Look how much better I'm serving Krishna than you are. Look at how many hours I put out. In <laughs> yeah. At least that's how it seems in my neophyte. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, but, but if you don't really, really deeply receive that love of Krishna, then you're always going to have that need for, for attention from somewhere else. Right, right. Now, that's a, that's an excellent point. How do we get that? How do we? How do we get that? By serving them. If we perform loving devotional service to Krishna, there's that reciprocation. <clears throat> Once you feel the reciprocation from Krishna, then your heart is softened, and you get this feeling of I'm okay. Everything is all right. I don't have a thing in the world to worry about. You see, I'm reciprocating with, with Guru and Krishna. My guru, has, my guru has a mood, and I've figured out the mood of my Guru. I know what his purpose is, and I finally feel myself a part of that. I'm connected with his mission and his mood, and therefore connected with Krishna, and I don't have a problem in the world. So your, your subconscious says, okay, to yourself and to the world. Okay, I'm okay. So enough about me. I can put me away. 
I don't have to work on my image or competing with you to be a better devotee. You see what I mean? I've established that I'm connected with Guru and Krishna. I'm part of the machine. I'm part of the ISKCON machine. Okay? I'm a functional part of this movement and this cause. You see? I'm, I'm now a part of the disciplic succession. I'm serving under a, a, an authorized representative of the disciplic succession. I'm okay. Enough about me. You see? I don't have to worry about me anymore. When you come to that realization that I'm alright, now I can focus on helping everyone else. I don't have to tell stories about me. You see? I don't have to glorify me. I can find out about other people. I already know about me. I know my story. I want to know your story. I'm bored with mine. You know, I've seen the movie a thousand times. I want to. I want to. I want to um, experience other people. So we develop an interest in our fellow man. So we. It. it in one way, that kind of makes sense. You need to learn to love yourself more. But in a way, that's really. That's going to drag you down. For all, if it's all about me and my love for me, just get satisfied with yourself. The heck with the love. Turn your love to Krishna. You know, get satisfied with yourself to the point that I'm doing my best, my Lord. And tomorrow I'll I'll, I'll figure out a way to get better. But today, you know, I'm running at full throttle, and uh, but I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect, but I'm yours. I surrender to you. I, I belong to you. You see, get that that attitude. Yes, also, though, we can say that you know sometimes we also have to know where each devotee's at. Though. As an example, you know, I mean, obviously, there's different levels of devotional service. Some people, like the scripture says, you know, you can't do that and do this. Mm-hmm. So some people are just at the point of shop. That's all they. That's all they can do, mm-hmm. or that's all they want to do, or are willing to do. And as devotees, I mean, do you feel though that it's also our responsibility instead of like, I want this, he's not doing this, he's not doing that, but also helping the devotee? Sometimes, 
receive it, but at the same time, you know, our love is truly with the devotees. And that aspect when we're truly caring about is, you know, as unconditional souls here and wanting to help each of us because we're all on the same team. Yeah. I and mean, I think that's the difference what a lot of people don't realize is that it's not like I've got a secret that you can't have. Yeah. We all have we're all on the same team. Yeah, first and foremost, be the best devotee you can. You know, be all you can be. So uh, that's our first offering to Krishna and Guru. Be the best devotee you can be. But, without being puffed up about it, yeah. you know. Of course, you're, you're never going to think, well, I'm the best devotee that I can be. You're always going to think, no, I can do better. I know I can do better. Because somebody said that. It sounded like a really neat thing to say. I don't know how it got down to three. I don't know where, you know. That's the quote that I heard is that there's enough protein in three chickpeas to make give one of three chickpeas a day that they can maintain their body. There's over a battle over the, you know, vegetarians don't enough protein. Yeah. So, but it's funny how he took that and turned it into that's all you need for yeah. <laughs> And Prabhupada said, you can only have three. Because every time I tell Prabhupada says, I've got to put a little bit of a spin on it. It doesn't sound as, as, as nice if I say one thing, but it, it, it makes me seem a lot cooler if I say Prabhupada. And people, look, you know you're going to look, they're going to look at you and say, wow, I never heard that. 
you must be special. You have inside information. You're really special. And you're thinking, yeah, I just made it up. <laughs> so, yeah, you're impressed with me, aren't you? I just pulled it out of my sleeve. Yeah. You know, the, the nice thing about Shula Prabhupada's timing and appearance is that he appeared in a time where everything, you know, the technology was just taking off. He had, there was always a dictaphone or a recorder to his mouth or somebody was writing something down and yeah. wrote everything in purpose and books. So it's really nice that, you know, Versus in other ages, maybe Jesus, for example, they started writing down seven years after he passed away. So that's or longer. Or longer. 300 years. So it's kind of like yeah. Jesus said, <laughs> you don't really hear, you're, you're not getting straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you, that's a good point. Can I, you imagine how many Jesus says there are out there? Well, what I find, what I find to be the problem is that there are some devotees who will go through the letters, they will be. And they can say Prabhupada said, and, and if you ask them, well, where did you say that? It's actually in Shukramita, this chapter, boom, 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 page, you know? Yeah. But a lot of times the devotees don't care anymore. It's just like, it's, it seems to be from the get-go, as somebody's trained up, if they're trained up with this mentality, you don't listen to what people say if they say Prabhupada says something. So then you go and say something to actually correct what they're doing. Prabhupada did actually say that. Well, this is the tell me. So uh, it seems to, you know, when I got trained up from the get-go, we were, we would spend huge amounts of sadhana time just studying, and everything was just there, the mm -hmm. access was there, you know, so it, uh, I, I've been noticing this as my travels over this last year, going to different places, and I went to one temple, and I sat down, and we were doing an evening shikshamita Bhagavad Gita study. So it wasn't just, you know, I'm just going to say things. I'm actually pointing out things. Yeah. And it's like some people just don't want to hear. Yeah. They just don't want to hear. Well, and, that, and, and that's another, we'll talk about that. That's a whole subject we can talk about, you know. But um, if we're going to learn what Prabhupada says, quote unquote, Prabhupada says, let's learn from somebody who probably has some idea, you know, what Prabhupada says. Uh, you know, if you're someplace and you know, Bhakta Bozo wants to tell you what Prabhupada says, I take that with a grain of salt. You know, so. And you can always say, oh, really? When did he say that? Where was he? Yeah. What was the situation? What was the situation? Well, he said it in a letter to so and so. He said it's okay to do this. So we don't, it's not good. The GBCs established a, a, a pecking order of importance of what Prabhupada said, okay? Because uh, Prabhupada's, his books are, are first and foremost. First and foremost, the books are most important because these are for everybody. This is scripture, okay? Secondly would be um, what he might have said in class. Okay, that's it's close, close time in the book. He reads the book and he explains it. Then maybe morning walks, room conversations, and things like that, because it's getting more individual at that point. And then down to his letters, what we don't understand sometimes. But I'm looking for a loophole. Let's say I'm in some sort of nonsense, and I find where Prabhupada had some devotee who was about to bloop and leave. 
and he, he's in some sort of nonsense. And so Prabhupada condoned a little bit of nonsense. Because if he didn't, this devotee was just going to leave and, you know, get back into sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and eat meat. You know, because he just wanted to do a little bit of nonsense. So Prabhupada would say, okay, you can do like this. Because the devotee was just a, not a very good devotee. Probably just wanted to keep him around, thinking, if I keep you chanting Hare Krishna, you'll make advancement. <clears throat> just stay. You know, stay connected in some way. So, Prabhupada is giving an instruction to somebody who's in Maya, trying to keep them from going off the deep end. That doesn't mean he's saying that you can do it. <clears throat> you see? And, and why would I want to achieve a lower uh, level? I wanted to achieve a higher level. You know, what did he, what did he say to... Um, um, the other devotees. What did he say to the advanced devotees? What instruction did he give them? What did he, what did he tell to all Krishna most probably? What did he tell a Chukananda? One thing that I find nice about the Shikshamrita in there is when you read a whole chapter, let's say when there's one chapter on associating devotees, and you know there's a lot of problems going around, people complaining about this guy and this guy. You read all the letters, one whole chapter, probably has consistency. It's not like, well, for you, you should just heavy him out and be like this, and for you, you should not. It was like, can't we all just get along and work together? So yeah. you can see, a lot of times, I would notice there's there, there's this individual, like this this particular letter stood way out, whoa. And, but then you'll find the rest of them. There's a lot of consistency there. And then it consists, it's consistent with scripture, and her purport. It is. Class. Yeah. I find it is consistent. All of, the, all of the classes, all of the lectures. But if I take one little piece, yeah, I can put a spin on it yeah. and make it sound like I'm justifying my nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I want to use it and try to justify my nonsense. Yeah. What do you tell, what, what instructions did he give people like Jaipataka Maharaj? You see? Somebody that's not mine. He talked with Jayapataka Maharaj in a different way. Jayapataka Maharaj, Prabhupada said, was an, an internal associate of Lord Chaitanya. What instruction did he give him? He didn't say, well, you could be in my own day. No. You know, Prabhupada made these men come to a high standard. I mean, a standard so high we can't imagine it. Because they were more advanced. And when you're more advanced, you want more. You want to come to a higher standard. You see? So Prabhupada knew that. He, he gave these men, he kept, you know, heavy instructions. And they loved it. Okay, we better stop now. Thank you so much. Let's get together and do this again someday. Thank you.